one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You only get tested maybe at this level once in four years, you know what I mean? You've got a balls to kick them. So England in possession. Not much of this ball. And it kicks it away again. Toby Flood. Don't sink! This is not soccer. This is not soccer. Because in either game, life or rugby, the margin for error is so small. Well, you know a World Cup isn't going according to plan when the question changes mid-tournament from who will win to who will play. But that's the situation we find ourselves in as the final batch of pool games and Typhoon Hagibis both loom into view here in Japan. I'm Brendan O'Brien and with me as usual to fly a few kites about all this uncertainty is my Irish examiner colleague Simon Lewis. Simon and I are, we hope, safely removed from the eye of the storm in Fukuoka down in Kyushu Island where Ireland and Samoa are all set to fulfil their Pool A clash as planned on Saturday. Today's show is brought to you by the 100% electric Nissan Leaf, Ireland's best-selling electric car that could save your family thousands every year. Visit evsavings.ie to see just how much you can save by switching to 100% electric Nissan Leaf today. Nissan. Innovation that excites. So, there's only one place really to start, I suppose, Simon, and that's where we stand or where we don't stand in the tournament. And uh, let's look at what we know, I suppose, at the moment. And Pool C, we know today, after World Rugby's extraordinary press conference in Tokyo, England and France is off, which is unfortunate, obviously. Um, but the fact is that both were qualified, both were through, so maybe it's a blow that they could absorb. Pool B, we know that New Zealand against Italy and Toyota on the same day is also off. Um, and I think if I if I worked it out properly, Italy could have stood a ridiculously uh, mathematical chance of actually going through, but it would have taken a ridiculous set of circumstances for that to happen. But spare a thought for Leonardo Giraldini, who spent seven months rehabbing from injury. Uh, and the expectation was that he would get 20 minutes of a swan song off the bench against the world champions. And reports are that he broke down in tears in training when he told of the cancellation. So that's what we know at the moment. Um, so maybe I'll leave it up to you to sum up where we stand in, in Pool A in Ireland's group. Well, yeah, the one definite thing we know is that Ireland and Samoa is going ahead, got the green light from World Rugby today. The eye of the storm that you spoke about, and it's a pretty big eye, it's supposedly 500 kilometres wide, I think, or something ridiculous like that. Um, uh, the worst uh, typhoon of the, the season um, in this part of the world. It was coming towards Fukuoka, 
Um, but then it's changed past uh, paths out in the uh, Pacific Ocean, I think, mm-hmm. is it? I've lost track. <laughs> it's a now. big ocean. Sea of Japan, Pacific <laughs> Ocean, somewhere out there. Um, yeah, so now it's heading for Tokyo, the megalopolis of Tokyo, Yokohama, Chiba, and virtually the whole stretch of that coast. Um, so it's going to hit there on Saturday, we're told to believe. Supporters are being told to stay indoors, along with the rest of the Japanese population in that part of the world. And um, But in the meantime, we'll be here in the sunshine, um, slightly cooler, um, but watching Ireland do what they have to do, or at least try, um, and beat Samoa with a bonus point to... Um, ensure that they go through to the quarterfinals um of course things become complicated if Ireland don't get the maximum five match points if they don't get four tries against Samoa um because then Scotland versus Japan the other game remaining in pool A comes into play as far as Ireland are concerned and I've tried think, looking at all the permutations there, but my head hurts. So um, I've stopped looking at that, and I'm going to wait until after Island Samoa to see, you know, to narrow the the options down. But basically, as it stands, if Ireland, if Scotland, Japan goes ahead, I think Ireland could do with Japan winning that and denying Scotland points because Scotland are a point behind Ireland in third place in Pool A. Japan are out in front by, I think they've got a three-point lead on 14. Ireland are in second on 11. So, um, yeah, see, my head hurts again. Well, you could could have actually stopped (laughs) at the point where you said, if Scotland, Japan goes ahead. I mean, all all, all bets are off at that stage. Why didn't you intervene sooner? You were going so well, I didn't like to, but I mean... Gregor Townsend gave uh, a press conference on the back of the World Rugby press conference this afternoon, Japanese time, where, as you'd expect, he was much more bullish about this going ahead and saying, if it doesn't happen in Yokohama Stadium, well, then he expects it to go ahead in another stadium nearby. How that works, I don't know. It's like a typhoon doesn't hit one part of the, the, the capital or whatever. But he is saying that, in his opinion, he sees this going ahead maybe behind closed doors, but that it will go ahead. Um, so that's where we stand or where we don't we stand. We rewind a little bit uh, yeah. the other day when um, Typhoon Hajibis, this super typhoon, was heading towards Fukuoka and Gregor Townsend said, the tournament rules are that Ireland have to play. Is that right? Did yep. I get that right? Yep, that's basically. what he said. Yeah. The tournament rules, Ireland have to play. No thoughts of, of any deviation to different grounds or, or whatever. Like if it's... It's either cancelled or they have to play. Mm. So um, there's a bit of, you know, um, mind games going on here as well from Gregor. You, we usually hear about head coaches kind of planting seeds mm. of doubt in referees' minds, but now he's he's changed that. He, he As you say, he convened a special uh, press conference to um, give us his thoughts on the matter, which the world needed, clearly. Um, and he's planted a few seeds that he wants to get this game done because Scotland are screwed if it doesn't. Basically, yeah. And I, I I think I wasn't the only one at the Irish press conference today who didn't detect a whole lot of love for Scotland's situation. I think the feeling is mutual between yeah. the two the two sides. There's Going back to Glasgow-Munster games, Leinster-Glasgow games, there's not too much love lost between the Scottish Union and the Irish Union for a start mm-hmm. and, and between the provinces and the, the two teams in the Pro 14. And this is just a continuation. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Dan McFarlane was once Gregor Townsend's... Uh, right-hand man in Glasgow and Scotland, and he's now coaching Ulster. So there's a lot of um, 
I noticed Joe earlier in the tournament mentioned how Tommy Seymour had been a player that got away from Ireland, playing for Scotland now. So, yeah, there's a bit of... Um, they're not exactly kissing Celtic cousins at the minute, <laughs> put it that way. Lovely thought there, thanks. We, I suppose we should say as well that, you know, there's a lot more important issues at stake here than rugby. I mean, there was a video shared around on Twitter today about the devastation that a typhoon wrought in Osaka, I think it was, last year. And mm. scary stuff of, you know, houses being ripped up, um, four by fours being literally shunted down the street by the winds. Um, and this one, like you mentioned, the scale of it, it's expected to be three times in scale of, yes. of that one. It's the equivalent to a, a Force 5 hurricane, I think. Okay. Well, that, from that, our part of the world. That, that's, do we have hurricanes in our part of the world? We get the after the after yeah. trails of them and they can do a bit of damage yeah. themselves, as we all know. Yeah, but I suppose we are here to talk about the rugby. So I suppose we should point out as well that, you know, we are in a changing, changing world, climate action climate change is all the issue and this isn't the first major tournament to be affected by by weather issues stage 19 of the tour de france was abandoned after a storm dumped hail and ice onto a stretch of road outside val d'azere and the french french alps in july in july there was four games at the cricket world cup in england that had to be cancelled because of heavy rains it was i presume wasn't it it was yeah Yeah. it was so but uh, you know let, let's let's take a situation because this is a fast moving situation forgive the pun about the typhoon but if we get to a point where Japan and Scotland isn't played um, for whatever reason if they can't or won't move it from Sunday to Monday or a different stadium um, you know there's a lot of words being emotionally you know thrown out there like a farce lack, lack of integrity Could, can we go that far with, with the tournament completely be completely lose its integrity if, if something like that happens well we're on the brink of it it seems to me um and if you think that you know it has been organized during in, in a part of the world where there is a regular typhoon series a season and okay so hajibis isn't a regular occurrence in in terms of its strength but these things we we arrived in japan seems like years ago now, but um, in the aftermath of a, of a typhoon, which was uh, considerably lower scale, but people died. Yeah, Faxai and up, yeah. up by Chiba. Yeah, yeah. and um, so you, it's easy with hindsight to say, how come we're in Japan? Um, but, you know, during a typhoon season, could they have played it earlier in the summer? Then there's temperature mm-hmm. and even more... Um, punitive humidity or whatever so whilst we applaud the idea of coming to japan and coming to to asia i think we applaud it anyway i certainly do um and in world rugby's interest um i think what today has exposed was that earlier talk from world rugby that of a robust contingency plans have simply not appeared have they um there are no contingency plans as far as i can see um unless they're keeping their powder dry and they're suddenly going to come up with plan b c and d but uh, it doesn't look great in terms of the integrity of the tournament plus added to that you have cancelled games this weekend which means teams getting uh, a two-week lead-in in effect to to quarterfinals further further not really and and joe schmidt was asked that earlier today and and he understandably stayed on the fence mm-hmm. but he did say who wouldn't like extra time to lead into a game yeah and, uh, you know, I mean, this is, you know, a side point as well, but it, the current format of the World Cup, and as it has been for a number of years with five team groups, for me has always been very unacceptable because it, it means that inbuilt into the tournament, 
you're going to have teams with different um, gaps between games. And you mentioned it there. I mean, uh, the, I think the Springboks already had something like 12 days or something. One of the teams had 12 days facing into a yeah, quarter. It was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So that's that That was inbuilt anyway. So you, you, you take out, you know, typhoons and everything else, uh, cancellations. That's a 12-day lead into a World Cup quarterfinal mm-hmm. against a team that might have um, seven. Seven. I mean that's that's inherently unfair anyway, and I, I look there's no easy way around it. But with four four team groups, at least you could have a situation where teams could play exclusively at the weekends. Now there's all sorts of TV rights and you know momentum for a tournament and everything that has to be built into it. But surely there's a better way of 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 ensuring that even before you put a, a typhoon into the into the system, which has totally worked everything up. I mean. Eddie Jones in England now are gone off to a mini camp to prepare for two weeks for a quarter final. You've other teams playing seven days beforehand. It just, mm-hmm. it's it's really unbalanced the whole thing, hasn't it? It really has, and and you know, and and whilst we seem to be knocking Scotland, they played Russia. Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like they've got to play Sunday. Yeah. So you know, it, it there's this there is a lot of uneven planning here and I understand what you say about momentum and keeping the pot boiling with games as often and if you can close to a daily basis but but something has to give and sometimes it used to be the tier two nations that got in the neck if you remember Japan having Mm. to back up playing the Springboks in 2015 by playing I think it was Georgia four days later it might even have been Scotland Scotland, I think yeah yeah so you know they're getting there. It's not often we praise FIFA, if ever, but um, <laughs> four-team pools and playing simultaneously in the final round certainly has a lot to, to be said for it, as long as it's not in Qatar. Well, exactly, yeah. And and look, FIFA as well are going to take a, a hatchet to the World Cup format as well, and that's all down the line. Anyway, different sport, different time. We'll talk yeah. about that sometime else. So, That's someone else's podcast. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, we got the thoughts earlier on of uh, of Ronan Agara as well, um, our Irish Examiner rugby columnist on a number of issues, including um, Jordan Larmer, who's going to get uh, started full back in, in in place of Rob Carney at the weekend. So let's let's take a listen to that. Before we get to the World Cup, Raj, like the top fourteen is ongoing. La Rochelle are now two and four. Fair to say that under. You know, under a small bit of pressure, or is that too much too early? No, it's not. It's the great late Anthony Fone. He said pressure is for tires. And um I understand that but yeah, I'm feeling the heat, there's no doubt about it. But I think um I think when you distance yourself a small bit from it and you take it in a bit of a global view and having the experience of uh having those two wonderful years in the Crusaders and pretty wouldn't say chilled about it but I'm able to process it a lot better and mm. the fact that you know I mean four away defeats three of them could have um, could have won the game should well, the have beaten Montpellier should have beaten Bayon yeah the Bayon one was a sickener yeah but that happens too if you don't put teams away we should have gone 19 nil up instead of 12 to 19 it went 12 to 7 you know so mm. that happens so you just got to um you either get better or you get beaten and at the minute we're getting beaten so we're not getting better so I, I, there's plenty of time but I'm thinking Raj of the first year in 2013 in Racing but apart from that 
I can't remember since you went into coaching a time when you actually haven't been part of a winning setup. So this is a kind of a new dynamic and a new thing, and the fact you're the you're the head coach. Uh, yes and no. I think um, I sure went to Racing in 2013. It was 2016 when we won the title. You know, so before that there was a lot of building blocks along the way, and uh, I suppose the most important thing is that we're trying to put in solid foundations. Yeah. And, um, we have rattled a few cages, all right, no doubt about it. Um, Internally, as much as anything, yeah. Oh, well, only internally we haven't done any rattling cages <laughs> on the pitch. Right. <laughs> yes. So, um, in that regard, um, you're looking for performance. There's been 30 minutes of AD has been excellent at the time, but we release pressure too easily. So, once we understand what releasing pressure looks like, we'll have a chance of, of uh, sustaining more um, of a performance for a longer and period of time. The fact that the, that the uh, top 14 is g- running concurrently with the World Cup, I mean, where is everybody's focus there at the moment? Because it's a strange one in some respects. It is, but it's another indicator the top 14 goes on. The show always goes on. It has massive history. Um, these games have to be played. It's a marathon season, and you hope to be in, in, in the six by next May or June that's the reality of it at the minute uh, our form wouldn't be good enough for that but things will change and pretty confident things will change so you have to go to not to work but we've got to go into uh, Stad Rochelle every morning positive and convinced you can turn around otherwise you wouldn't be doing the gig yeah yeah I will talk about Ireland Samoa but by the time Scotland take the field against Japan, both sides will know exactly what they have to do, which in terms of a certainty in a player's mind must be like 5% of an advantage anyway. Yeah, it is. But I think in this situation, it's it's not really that relevant. And the fact that I think, you know I mean, if you're a Japanese or Scottish player, you have to assume in their heads Ireland get five points. Right. Anything else is a bonus, so... It's a bit of a shootout, and it always was going to be a shootout between Scotland and Japan. Yeah. And what way do you think that shootout goes? Um, the more it's close to coming to the game, I'm leaning towards Japan, but I've said Scotland, so I'm sticking with Scotland. I just think that can Japan play exactly or as well as they did against Ireland? Probably not, but do they need to? Probably not. Why am I saying Scotland? Well, I'm not giving you a convincing argument at all, but I think that they'll have looked at that video inside out. I think Tongs and the smart coach, I think they will look to stifle the Japanese attack at, at all moments. Mm. I.e., I think they will keep it. Um, you will see a lot of uh, driving malls. I think you will see big reliance on an accurate kicking game. If you kick loosely to Japan, you're in big trouble. So it will be interesting to see, uh, will Scotland play more a possession game or will they play more an aerial game? Because obviously uh, there's a lot of uh, physical, strong back three players available to Scotland to pick. Mm. So that could be a potential area they go after them. I I would think, Raj, that if Japan play as well as they did against Ireland then I think it's unforgivable against Scotland because Scotland surely 
with that arsenal of information now shouldn't be allowing Japan to do the things they did against Ireland yeah well exactly that's Japan with the ball and as you said Japan without the ball aren't anywhere near as good as as tier one nations yeah but Ireland made Japan's attack look like world class and on the day their skills were good mm. but it was a very different Ireland that defended against Scotland than it was Ireland against Japan so I think the uh, Scottish boys would have a look at that and I think they're going to realise if they give Japanese boys space they're going to be in for a long afternoon yeah yeah I hear you um, you said earlier that we presume Ireland <laughs> will will pick up or sorry Scotland and Japan will presume Ireland pick up five points I don't think there's anybody can really we're not in that presumption business anymore after what happened against Japan because we're not certain what Ireland shows up on Saturday morning no but I don't think the depth challenge is anywhere near like the Japanese challenge was yeah some more are struggling some more are on their knees they're crying out for help they're they're not what they were they have a lot of famous players of Simone Heritage that have become famous All Blacks and have had big um, careers and even to a stage you know I mean household names around around the world um, you think of the two bashups you think of Brian Lima who had signed for Munster but failed a, a fitness test who was known as the chiropractor for the, his capacity to rearrange opposition's <laughs> bodies yes. the force he hit you know um, Inga the winger to Gamala I think people going back to my generation will remember him an excellent rugby league player with Wigan that was a star for Samoa and New Zealand you've a, you've a bit of a repertoire there on the Samoans haven't you Is that are you going to tell me now this is all because you once kicked some 32 points against them or something <laughs> <laughs> Which you did, by the way, because I checked before we chatted and you played three tests against Samoa and one of them you did kick 32 points, didn't you? No, incorrect. I scored 32 points. You're forgetting my running game again. Ah, yes. So you said you've joined the... You've joined the D4 brigade. Yeah, so in actual fact, what I actually know, I did make a slip there because you've told me so many times in the past that was the day you got a try, a conversion, a drop goal and a penalty. Yeah, there's a good story about that, I think, and the fact that um, by a guy who used to be the Leinster manager who's a great character I reckons that uh, when he when I saw the drop goal gone over, I rolled out dingo. <laughs> <laughs> he just made up an absolute lie on the spot with all the boys I can remember Frankie Sheehan was playing and a few uh, other good Munster stalwarts were involved so uh, that story grew legs so by 2 o'clock in the morning we were all around the pool and having a few refreshments it was a brilliant tour Tonga, Samoa and Australia the kind of first team went home after the Australian leg I went on to Tonga and Samoa trying to edge my way into the first team right. and um, we had an absolutely uh, brilliant two weeks of um, I've seen the, the raw beauty of of Tonga and Samoa um, and and hard rugby torturing uh, conditions but uh, there's a great satisfaction in, in kind of um, pulling off good performances there yeah and tell me who, who remind me again because I know that there was a sunburn or a sunstroke story oh yeah we had our two redheads by our good old Johnny Bell who is now the the um, Gloucester defence coach teaming up at Humps right a great guy and uh, my good friend Anthony Horgan of the uh, Corcon Munster team mm-hmm. um, 
Irish international hockey, and he, um, yeah, I think they only lasted forty minutes. Sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs> um, they both suffered from so that was like that was like Steve Staunton in the nineties. Oh no, this was, yeah, but it was actually like because we were kind of paddies wondering why. Why are it's a beautiful day, like thirty odd? Why have the all umbrellas around them? You know, cool. we didn't really get at the fact that that's the it's protecting from the sun. We only associated umbrellas for rain. Anyone, is it going to rain soon? <laughs> okay, so look, you, the way we're looking at it, the World Cup quarterfinals. Like, let's face it. I mean, before we get into who's going to be in them. Fair to say, Raj, and I know you're saying it, I see your column there for Friday, that, that, that really the tournament is only gets going with the quarterfinals. That's when things get ramped up to a serious level. Yeah, I think actually what this tournament has proven, I think the gap from the top teams to the lower teams has got bigger. Yeah. Um, there isn't really that capacity, I suppose, for, for repeatable shocks, but then you got to tip your hat to, to Japan. It's, it just makes sports so interesting and that's why we're all riveted by it, the fact that it's a David and Goliath story. And maybe I'm underappreciated in Japan, but I didn't think for any day that they would topple Ireland. So fair play to them. It was incredible what mm. they did, I suppose. They've got a lot of uh, fans, uh, new fans around the world for doing that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I think, you look at it now, it's, you know, it's it's all, there's eight teams left for quarterfinals and that's, that's, that's when it starts. Yeah, I mean, in terms of pool A, Raj, how do you call it? How do you think it actually finishes come Sunday? No, I think that's why I don't think anyone come quarterfinals time has 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 a distinct advantage. Yes, New, v- New Zealand have have found form and found their straps, but they're playing a kind of a super rugby game. That's going to be out the window for quarter final time. Right. It'll be a different game. Cup rugby will come back in. I think the conditions will slow down a bit. Maybe you might get uh, adverse weather conditions. But like you know, to win a World Cup, now a team has to be on on form for three eighty minutes. That's yeah. all it takes. One pool game, is it? Or one quarter final? Maybe four games, yeah. No, because you think about like in terms of... So New Zealand would probably play Scotland. Mm. So they'll have to be really tuned in for 160 minutes to lift the William Ellis Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, you, you, you can see with the game they play, but their skills are so good, but at the same time, it's all out attack. They, they, you know what I mean? They are liable to to uh, overplay at times which which is just the feature of Super Rugby Do you subscribe to this growing momentum behind South Africa that seems to be out there there's a bit of momentum behind England and there's a lot of noise from neutral voices about the capacity of South Africa to go to get to the final at least no, I'm, Yeah I'm not too sure I think there's they have a monster pack and some other aspects of the game is are incredibly good but I think there are other aspects of their game that we saw in the first half against New Zealand that are uh, distinctly ordinary mm. so yeah, there isn't a better coach in the world uh, than Josh Smith to pick out areas that attack him I think he'll get I think he'll get good reward over where he goes after them if it is South Africa they end up playing Yeah and finally Raj on, on New Zealand your old friends and uh, sparring partners which you know so much about I mean you made a good point there like that they'll have to play cup rugby are they do you think they're well placed better placed than any team left to go the distance yeah well I think because of 
of their DNA and their history and their capacity to perform in big moments. Mm. You know, I think they just they have a fascinating mindset and mentality about how they go about preparing to perform, and I think that gives them uh, a big advantage. That they actually, um, I don't think they feel the stress or the heat at all. But uh, otherwise, they're you know, what I mean, it's crazy to say, but they're only human, and they are. What is the word fallible? Is it? They can yeah. be knocked. Yeah, yeah, they're fallible. Exactly, they are. I mean, you know, as you say, and, and we've seen that more so. And the more pressure you put on them, the more errors you can get out of them. So, what are we looking for know? finally tomorrow morning, Raj? Uh, Ireland and Samoa. Um, but what do you think that group of players A needs to deliver, and B who needs to deliver there? Well, I would say that's that's. That seems to be the that seems to be the the, the Irish team now. Well, maybe Carney at fullback. No, no, I wouldn't think so. You think Larmer has the jersey? I think so. Yeah, I would say so. Really? I think they realise that they like. I think the three six nine isn't going to win the competition. It's probably a contradiction in the fact that Rob Carney scored three tries in three games. But I think people under or maybe with the passing of time they appreciate how. Good Larmer and Conway were against Scotland. Okay, they had very good games. Yes, so in that regard, I think um, the I wouldn't say I would say the full back position is up up for grabs against uh, for the quarter final, and maybe there's a realization with uh, conditions, with uh, pitches, with uh, the way it is that. Um, Ireland feel that they 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 want to have more of an uh, more of an attacking option at the back, and they are obviously prepared to throw what you consider to be possibly their best fifteen at Samoa. If you look about it, it, it seems to be in the fact that the back row was always up for debate. I felt, but everywhere else is is as strong as it gets. In the fact that you can't separate the centres really, but I'd say uh, Ringrose is ahead of Farrell. Henshaw needs to play, and I think um, Aki has a capacity to to hit hard and to play hard. So let me put you on the spot. If the four of them are fit for the quarter final, the four centres, who's starting, and who are you looking impact from? I'd say they'll start Aki and Henshaw, and impact from Ringrose. And the best back then was Farrell against Scotland, and he can play wing. Yeah. You'd like Farrell in your twenty-three. So, you would. And Johnny yeah, Sexton. Does Conor Murray get in? Conor Murray gets injured very, very rarely. Could they go? Uh, Carberry, Ringrose, and uh, Farrell on the bench. Yeah. There's an interesting one for you. Johnny Sexton. How many minutes does this man need to get him primed? For what we hope will be a quarter final. I don't know how many he needs, but I think he just doesn't need to get banged up, you know. Um, and the fact that, I mean, 80 minutes isn't that difficult a task for a fella as fit as himself. It's just mm. a case now where there's no need to be minding he's got to play. I mean, he wouldn't be looking to replace him from a tactical point of view. So I think, you know what I mean, people will you'd be expecting him to steer the ship for 80 minutes. Raj, best of luck against Breve. Doesn't weekend. sound that exciting, does it? Best of luck against Breve when there's brilliant World Cup games going well, on. Well, yeah, but in your orbit, in your orbit, though, <laughs> exactly, you've got a job to keep. 
So that was uh, the Irish Examiner rugby columnist Ronan Agara talking to our sports editor Tony Lean a bit earlier. Um, Simon and I aren't that long out of the uh, the Ireland team announcement, so I suppose Simon immediately, what was your quick take on on the team that was announced by Joe Schmidt? Yeah, um, eleven changes from the team which uh, was sent out against Russia on a five day turnaround. We've got uh, had a nine day lead into the Samoa game on Saturday and he's named what looks to be pretty much his strongest team. There's a couple of notable absentees from that 15. Uh, you mentioned Rob Carney there at fullback. There's strong arguments, as we possibly heard from Rog there, uh, that Jordan Lama is, is worthy of his start there and is the future 15. It's the, the place he likes playing best as well. No Peter Amani. Um, he was one of a, a couple of players who didn't quite who's being managed, I think is the term, the officials <laughs> rugby speak um, through training this week. Uh, Reese Ruddock was another who we might have expected to, if not start, then certainly be on the bench as a replacement for, for Peter Armani. Um, so they, they didn't train fully this week. Have they been carrying injuries? Ruddock was incredibly good against the Russians, uh, one man of the match. Um, so presumably it's an after effect of that. Um, Rob Carney been suffering from a calf injury that caused him to miss the first game. Scored a couple of tries since, um, and now we, we're, we're missing him again. So, but Jordan Lama at fullback provides a cutting edge, perhaps. Carney's tries aside, that is um, that is conducive to what Ireland need to do, which is score four tries and get out of this pool. Yeah, and you look at. Larmer in at full back. You look at Robbie Henshaw in at midfield and yes, playing his first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and how good Henshaw and Aki were together in that last warm up game um against Wales in Dublin. Uh you look at Tyg Byrne at six who can carry ball when he's playing well as well. And poach, it. and poach it. Um there's a lot to like in that, isn't there? I mean you and I have spoken and we've both written about how there's a sense of not staleness, but an Irish team that just isn't hitting their straps. And you you look at those maybe you know Larmer in Henshaw in Burn in, there's potential there for Ireland to maybe get a bit of momentum going. Yeah, there's a bit of X factor, isn't there? Mm. Which which we've all been dying for, dying to see. Mm. Um, yeah, this is this is a really good Ireland side, a really you know a, a potentially explosive one as well, particularly with Aki and Henshaw at the centre of things there. Sexton and Murray back together, which is another key element of of a successful. Island platform and a really strong pack. So yeah, there's bags of potential there. You wouldn't be sorry to see that team start um, in a quarter final in a knockout game. Um, you wouldn't be sorry either to see Peter Romani or Rob Carney back either, because you know they they have been vital elements of of a successful island setup, haven't they? Very much so. Yeah. So let's talk about Johnny Sexton. I mean, um, I think we saw in his forty minutes against uh, Russia, was it? That you know he he manages the game so well. Joe Schmidt has spoken about how Sexton's extra bit of experience is just so essential to Ireland and and what they do. We haven't seen nearly enough of him this year due to injuries and and everything else as well. So just just how important is he to this Ireland team? Well, I think the biggest telltale factor of that is when he isn't in the team that Ireland have struggled without him. Um, the Japan game 
um, however many days ago that was. I think it's two weeks now, is it? It seems yeah. like yesterday in so many ways. But um, yeah, they they surely missed his his um, his leadership and the confidence he brings to other players around him. There's an assurance that he brings that that brings out the best in in other players and that leadership will be needed coming into the the business end of the tournament starting on Saturday. And again, he played pretty well that first half against uh, Russia with, um, who was he partnering that day? Luke McGrath, Mm -hmm. his his Leinster uh, halfback partner. But again, there's another level of continuity, fluidity and understanding when he plays alongside Murray. They've played goodness knows how many of tests together. They've beaten the best teams in the world and um, that they know how to run a game between them, and I think Sexton brings out the best in Murray as well. Do we? We do need to see the best in Murray, though, don't we? I mean, his form hasn't been sensational. People are saying he's not making the breaks that Conor Murray did before, keeping defenses honest. Um, what is it about his game that we need to see more of? Do you think? Well, I think just that, um, and I think we're, we're getting close to that now. I really do. I, he had. A long layoff at the start of last season didn't didn't appear until um, Champions Cup. I don't think um, more or less the tail end of November missed the All Blacks win um, uh, last November. Um, but yes, again, it's it's that kind of assurance he brings to other players. He gives he's an excellent box kicker. We know that Ireland haven't used that an awful lot. Um, and his box kicking hasn't been great so far, but I think, I think the more games that he has, it is, it is, he's still a work in progress. But he's the best we've got, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the best Joe Schmidt has at his disposal. And if if they're both fit, just play them, please. Yeah, and I suppose added into all of this, which we haven't mentioned yet, is is the opposition on Saturday. Um, there's an opposition there's an opposition we, we get so so distracted by Ireland we're in and the Irish. bubble Brendan that's what we are we're in the bubble as always but uh, <laughs> Samoa you know they're an interesting proposition started off with a a 34-9 defeat of Russia um, we were both in Kobe and in the sweat box and it really was the sweat box that night it was yes. absolutely stifling horrendous I, I, I can't imagine what it was like to play in but they were nilled by Scotland that night and they just looked awful, didn't they? They were so bad. And then they go out and they really do did impress at times against Japan as well. And we've seen it with all the Pacific Island teams, Fiji, I mean, against Wales this week as well. They really and against Australia. Tonga were very competitive for a lot of their games against the bigger teams. That may, in particular. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And and it just seems like it's the old story of just when they start to get a little bit of a gelling going, they start to click that. It's like, okay, guys, see you again in four years' yeah, time. Exactly. So, I mean, look, looking at Samoa, I was out at the press conference today and it's the old story of, you know, what sort of a Samoa will turn up now that they're out. But they're very bullish. They've all been talking about it all week. Um, they talk uh, very clearly about pride in, in wearing the jersey. There's a lot of these guys will be born in New Zealand but have that, affinity to the motherland and they do they do really talk about it. you get the sense of them that this just isn't words for them um, and that they can feed off maybe the injustices that maybe Pacific Island teams can have as well and Jackson was basically saying that look there's, there's no pressure on us at all we can go out and play and he's not talking about just chucking the ball around he's talking about playing but without that five or ten percent of extra weight on their shoulders as well 
Um, so it's really important for Ireland maybe to take heed of Wales, Fiji, and don't let Samoa get that massive start that that Fiji got, isn't it? I mean, just knuckle down, do the job, keep it tight, and maybe after 20 minutes start grinding this one out. Yeah, if, if nothing else, that Wales-Fiji game, Wales were rattled for quite a long period of that first half. Um, Ken Owens in the bin, two tries to nil down. Um, they were up against it, and, and as we've seen from Ireland in the, in the last while, 2019 certainly, if teams get a, off to a fast start against Ireland, there's a long way back, and it doesn't always happen for Ireland mm. um, if they have to go to a plan B or a plan C so yeah it's it's vital that Ireland hit the ground running because um, Samoa can potentially do some damage mm. and, and that's nothing to do with the discipline side that's that's afflicted them they've also got the it seems the, the they haven't had the rub of the green from referees either mm. um, I think we saw Jaco Piper uh, um, in the Japan game the other night Um yeah. Yes, contentious scrum. Yeah. Um, now, you could question Samoa's decision to go for that scrum, mm. um, having won a free kick deep in on their five-metre line. Um, but anyway, you know, Samoa can cause some problems. It's just a question of, will they cause Ireland long enough to stop them getting four mm. tries? Yeah. That's all that matters, really. Yeah. Um, and, they, and, you know, they will, they will put it up to Ireland, mm. but I think Ireland have way too much... Um, it's just a question of how much collateral damage um, comes along mm. their way as well because yeah. that could impact the rest of the tournament yeah and you look at it as well I mean okay Samoa it is and again forgive the, the, the pun for a team that has five yellow cards it's a free hit for them um, but it's still a team that's been eliminated from the tournament um, it's still even as was mentioned in the Irish press conference today the weather is expected to be 22 degrees yeah. Um, the humidity has gone down. It's going to be like a nice summer's day in Ireland. Um, so all those issues, they've had a um, a nine-day break leading into it. So there's none of that kind of, oh, we just had one training session be- between um, Japan yeah. and Russia. Like, you've talked about the team already. There's Sexton back. It's a really strong Irish team. So there really is nothing. Is there anything else that we're leaving out here that Ireland can turn around and say, well, this didn't work for us? Well, if we can't think of one, Joe probably might. But um, no, there's no excuses here, are there? Yeah. I don't think there are. No. I think I think this is this is perfectly set up for Ireland to go out and reassert their authority, um, and 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 show some some non-believers, shall we say, that they are a team still capable of contending at this World Cup. It'll, it's taken a long while to get there, but this nine-day turnaround, as as you say, could be the best thing that's happened to them, and. Um, that defeat to Japan may be forgotten sooner rather than later. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully we'll see how it goes. Well, we kind of had semi-intended to, to look ahead to quarterfinals and everything, but Agibis has totally kind of washed that away a little bit. I don't see the point in doing that at the moment. We'll come back to that maybe on Monday. And when we know exactly A, where we are, B, yes. where we're, B, where we're going, and C, when we can get there. And that's just us in the media and the fans, uh, regardless of the tournament itself. So... Look, by Monday, everything should have become clearer one one way or another. Hopefully, we'll be looking back on a performance from Ireland that not just got them the five uh, five point um, marge, five points that they need to to make everything academic in Japan Scotland, but also a bit of momentum to take them through to a quarter final quarter final game. So you have been listening to the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with the Nissan Leaf, the world's best selling electric vehicle. Book a test drive today at Nissan.ie.
Nissan. Innovation that excites. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 